Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about reality dating shows like The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about God, family, and football in that order. And the greatest airband rendition of New Edition's Can You Stand the Rain in Human History. That's right. Today we're discussing the best man holiday. And here to join us on this journey is a true rom-com enthusiast, Andrew Spencer, who honestly, it feels like we just saw on our TV screens leaving the beaches of paradise. Andrew, welcome to the pod. This is your first time here. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) We're glad you're here, and we're glad that it's to discuss one of our mutual favorite topics. We know you often rate rom-coms on your Instagram story. When did you discover your love of romantic comedies? Um, You know, being in one TV household, uh, mom usually had control of the television. So um, I was was raised on Sleepless in Seattle and uh, You've Got Mail. Uh, so a lot of Tom Hanks. <laughs> um, so I just, you know, I just be, be laying there and I'm a big mama's boy. I'm the baby of four. So um, I just always like clung to my mom. So I just be watching these movies and I just slowly became one of these like hopeless romantics in life. Um, and then like you have your own little romance that you have and then you start to see like, oh, wow, this kind of reminds me of these little scenarios. And then you just kind of fall in love with the movies. And I think that's kind of where it stemmed from. And now they're getting so much more funny. And like, that's exactly what I'm looking for. I'm like, wow, this is, you know, kind of what I want my story to be like. So that's kind of how I got into it. I love that. You want the comedy and romantic comedy. Oh, that's the best part about it. You know, when you can just (laughs) laugh your, your, you know, your face off by also having that little, you know, fire between each other. That's, um, there's nothing better than that. Yeah, if you're not laughing, like you're not having fun. 
Exactly. Why did you choose the best man holiday other than, of course, the fact that Four Christmases was not on our short list? Yeah, the Four Christmases would have been the uh, for sure in. Um, I was actually quoting I'm it. I'm so sorry. Time, which was super funny. Um, but no, I think uh, best man holiday is it's got everything. I mean, we're talking drama, and it's very relatable uh, to the fact of you know coming back and reuniting with a bunch of friends from back in the day and you know some secrets might come up from you know from not talking about it but uh you know and i'm i'm headed that way so i i, I love best man holiday and i grew up on it it was like a big family film that a lot of my family watched so um, yeah good good flick yeah oh, i love that i was gonna ask like if you remember the first time you saw it um i do i think i was like i said my whole family is a big movie um, people and I think it was a crowded room. I didn't even know what it was. Um, and I think my sister was watching it. My mom. Uh, I don't think I was like, really allowed to even watch it because I, I guess there's like a couple scenes in there that they got <laughs> got a little out of control. But um, <laughs> yeah, I was just like, all right, well, this is what we're doing. And I watched it. And now there's a part two that came out as well. So um, kind of like follow along. There's really good cast. So like the cast is without a doubt the best. So um, yeah. Yeah, there's a part, there's a final movie coming out, or I guess a mini series coming out soon to like wrap up their stories. We're finally going to mm-hmm. find out who Quentin married, and I'm just really <laughs> hoping it's Shelby. So I'm really excited for that. I don't think so. <laughs> Probably but not. yeah, I no am kid. excited. <laughs> it would just bring so, everything together so nicely. Yeah, absolutely. So, so obviously, we're like focusing on the Best Man holiday because this is a holiday movie series. Right. But. Mm-hmm. That's really it's it's the sequel. So we're gonna yeah. talk about the best man also. You have right. to. Uh because you have to, because that is the source material. That is why we all fell in love with this incredible it is like a true ensemble rom com. Right. Which is hard to pull off and yeah. really fun. Yeah, no, there's a lot of moving parts. Um, <laughs> you know, and I think I think it's different from most rom coms. Most rom coms you get like the or the drama that happens kind of later and it's like this surprising like love story that happens like this is just like there's just so much going it's just so much more real you know it just feels like something that can really happen in everyday life and uh yeah. my favorite moment is the uh when they're playing cards i think that was, inc- <laughs> that was my favorite part so we're, we're gonna try to hit as much as we can because there's so much ground to cover but i will say especially the best man holiday it's like everything in the kitchen sink. They were just like, we don't need yeah. an A plot and a B plot. We need the entire alphabet of plots. <laughs> it yeah, was yeah, hard yeah. to summarize. So let's talk a little bit about The Best Man and the franchise. So both movies center on a group of best friends from college and their partners who get involved in the friend group. Um, the franchise was written and directed by Malcolm D. Lee, Uh his cousin Spike Lee was also a producer on the original film. Mm-hmm. And so the friends are Harper, played by Tay Diggs, a novelist who is dating Robin, Sanaa Lathan, a chef who is sort of a new introduction to the group. Right. Jordan, Nia Long, is um, a news producer who has had sort of on and off sexual tension with Harper since they were friends in college. Right. Lance Morris Chestnut is Harper's best friend from college and a star running back for the New York Giants. He is mm-hmm. marrying in the first movie Mia, uh, played by Monica Calhoun, who is just sort of like an angel mm-hmm. and perfect Literal. in every way. 
Julian Merch Murchison, uh, played by Harold Perrineau, is just a sort of lovable pushover public school teacher who is dating Shelby, played by Melissa D'Souza, who's just a controlling bitch, like nightmare, yeah. <laughs> ball buster, and who really wants him to like be more ambitious and and like to get a big time corporate job. Yeah. But he then, during the course of The Best Man, meets and later marries Candace Candy, uh, played by Regina Hall, who is he meets when she is uh, dancing at Lance's bachelor party. And rounding out the friend group is Quentin Q, played by Terrence Howard, who is just the shit stirrer. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the card scene. The card scene. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He always has a scene. He's He does. But like, what I love about this character is that he is such a shit stirrer, but he also is like very observant. Yeah. Well, you have yeah. to be to be a good shit stirrer. Everyone. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of funny because I feel like, in a way, that's kind of me in the friendship. <laughs> in my friendships, like, I kind of just. Uh, I kind of observe and I, I know everything and everyone kind of comes to me about it. <laughs> so at the, at the moment, like I can't start something if I wanted to. <laughs> so like, uh, like, ah, I know what he's doing here. So you understand a little bit about it. I never would have I pegged like you as the Quentin in the group, but you know, I can see it. I can see it playing out <laughs> that way. He's also kind of the fuck boy. He never settles down um, until the very end of Best Man Holiday. Well, I'm um, not that kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. Those are two different no, you... sides to his character. They're not necessarily connected. Um, so let's talk about The Best Man a little bit because that is the foundation. The Best Man was Malcolm Lee's first feature film. So The Best Man takes place about five years after the characters graduate from college. They're all in their late 20s, and they're in New York City for Mia and Lance's wedding. And throughout the movie, we get to see kind of flashbacks of their time in college. And the drama centers around the fact that Harper has written a forthcoming novel. He calls it a novel. It is basically just a narrative nonfiction account of his time in college with pseudonyms for all of Harper his Harper is actually the, the king of autofiction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he didn't change, like, even a single thing. It seems like everything is just, just what names. happened in college. <laughs> it is not out yet, but it has been selected by Oprah's Book Club. It's expected to be big. And Jordan, who works in the news, has managed to get an advanced copy. She passes it out to his friends who start to realize that like they are all characters in the book and some of them, first of all, don't come off that great. And secondly, there is this sexual dalliance in the book that is sort of suspicious. It's between Harper's character and a female friend in the group. But he never slept with any of them or so they all think. Yeah. But obviously he couldn't have just made this up. It must have really happened. Mm-hmm. He's also a bad liar, <laughs> this character. Like, That's why he's he so bad at convince... writing fiction. Exactly. <laughs> he's like, I write what I know. And what I know is that I did have sex with my best friend's girlfriend during college. And this is the time I need to let let them all know. 
He terrible, was, <laughs> terrible way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> well, his logic is that the book wasn't going to be out until after the wedding. And obviously, Lance yeah. wouldn't be upset to learn that his best friend had slept with his wife during college. If they were married already, then it would be fine. Unfortunately, he does read the book and figures it out before the wedding. There is some, like, b- complicated backstory there. Lance basically just cheated on Mia constantly until they got married, it seems like. and. Mia had this one act of revenge where she wanted right. to sleep with someone else. Seems fair to me. Ah. <laughs> I mean, fair. It just comes down to your 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 best friend. Like, come on, you can't be the person. Like that is. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I I agree. On Har- Harper didn't make all the best choices. Yeah, and as we see, he's not really a guy who makes all the best, most responsible choices that sustain his relationships in healthy ways. I think we also see that Mia wants to sort of feel okay about the fact that Lance has cheated a lot without breaking up, but she doesn't want to have as much sex with other guys as as he is. So she's like, I've just got to make it count. I'm going to do a really bad (laughs) violation. Just one really bad one. finding the worst one, (laughs) and then it'll be even. Yeah, that's that's cutthroat. I mean, but, <laughs> because I don't know how we always uh, joke about this. Uh, me and the, me and the guys, um, as if like if there's like one girl that we all maybe have like even had one thing with, uh, whether well, it's even a kiss, like we could never like <laughs> we couldn't get married to them. It was like it's like there's no way I can go to the wedding and you're in the, <laughs> you're in the crowd, me knowing what I know about you and the person. So that's always been like a big topic of ours in our group chats. Well, what we learned from the movie is that it would be a point of personal growth for you to all, you know, come to terms with it and get married anyway. (laughs) I think that's the message of the best man. So Lance figures this out because he is, of course, reading Harper's book at his swing and bachelor party. And Mm -hmm. rough time for Harper, for Lance. Rough time for everyone. He ends up beating Harper up and trying to basically push him over the side of the penthouse suite to his death. But they managed to save Harper's life. And thanks to Quentin, <laughs> thanks to who Quentin. again, let's remind everyone, Quentin knows how to handle other humans. <laughs> He's the unsung hero of this franchise. And eventually, with the help of his girlfriend, Robin, Harper manages to convince Lance not to call off the wedding and instead to remember how beautiful his relationship with Mia is and... So the movie ends with a wedding, uh, which is beautiful, except that Lance is like visibly about to have a breakdown while giving his vows. But he gets through it. They're married. And at the reception, Harper proposes to Robin, thus closing the door on things with Jordan, who he almost cheats on Robin with over the course of this wedding weekend. They have chosen commitment and marriage. And that is where we leave them. Wait, first of all, how do we feel about proposing at someone else's wedding? After what you just did to him, too. Very bad move. Can't do it. That is not that is not your cue to to make. (laughs) Right. Especially. I was like Harper. Especially after you made a dent in the relationship. You want to go propose at the same. That's nuts. (laughs) I agree. Like, this is not he should have been punished for that. Messy. He's yeah, got the Jordan thing. He's just all over the place. He needs to just find himself a little bit. 
<laughs> Harper is a classic protagonist who you slowly realize is the worst person in the entire franchise. Absolutely. Like, I was like, why are you even at the reception? Like, you've gotten through this. Lance is putting a good face on. Just let him mm. enjoy his wedding. Take yourself away. Yeah. Instead, he's making a spectacle of proposing. So a couple other side plots in the movie include uh, Julian uh, sort of losing himself in his relationship with Shelby, who's very controlling. He then makes a connection with Candy, one of the strippers at Lance's bachelor party, and Mm -hmm. breaks up with Shelby by showing up with Candy instead at the wedding. It's rough. Bold move. Do we think Shelby deserved it? Uh, I mean... It's tough. I, I think, uh, you know, I think he was already, he needed a little extra nudge to leave the relationship. Um, and I think that Candy or Candace, sorry, gave him the, gave him all the validation that he needed to move on and, you know, join with her. So I think that I, I approve, you know, obviously could have done a little bit better, like went a different route, but uh, I, I'm a fan of that. Yeah. They're, they're a very sweet couple. I, I think that they do a very good job making Shelby such a villain that you're like, mm-hmm. you're like, well, whatever. I'm not worried about whether she's okay. The movie right. then ends with Q and Shelby waking up in bed together and screaming as they realize that they hooked up the night of the wedding. Mm-hmm. Well, they've always had like a little bit of a sexual tension anyway. Oh, yeah. Always. Cause they're, they're both so strong willed yeah. that they have that like classic kind of, they hate each other so much that's that maybe they need to bone. Exactly. That's that's <laughs> every wrong gun. You know what's gonna happen. <laughs> well, they're well, that's the their counterparts, the right? Ensemble. They're they're like the same, yes. they're the same, they have the same role in their respective groups. Yeah. As as sort right. of the sort of semi-villainous, like one who's a provocateur, who's difficult, who's headstrong. And yet, like the group doesn't function without them. And and they they see that that sameness and that challenge in each other. Yeah, no, I I, I see it. It was good. It's a kind of a toxic toxic uh, mm-hmm. connection they have. Yeah. <laughs> yes. One of the running plots of the franchise is like, is there a relationship that Shelby could not be toxic in? Because right. when she's with someone more accommodating, she just tramples all over him. Right. Who is like the Goldilocks for Shelby? <laughs> Um, or is she just like meant to thrive, meant to thrive with alone. her adorable daughter? And uh, as we learn in the Best Man Holiday, which we will now get into, on the Real Housewives of Westchester. Which look, I would watch it. I would watch Shelby on the Real Housewives of Westchester if it existed. I imagine that they all felt really satisfied sitting down to be like, "Where are they all in life now?" And just being like, "Oh, obviously, Shelby would be a Real Housewives star like that." Like didn't really exist when we made the first movie, but now it's so clear that 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 is her archetype. We can just slot her right in. So the Best Man Holiday brings the gang back together for Christmas at Mia and Lance's giant mansion outside of New York City. They're now all in their early 40s, and they've started, you know, starting families, settling down. And we get a little update on what's happened since Lance and Mia's wedding. Uh, We see that Harper and Robin got married. His book became a bestseller, but at what cost? Uh, He joined the NYU faculty. Robin is a rising star as a chef. Basically, everyone in the cast has become very successful in their respective fields. They're, like, all famous. Like, most of them are famous in some capacity. 
Yeah. They really are. I was like, wow, I'm really being humbled in my circle of friends because this group, they're like, yeah, they're all stars. Well, that's why, you know, they all stick together. Like they saw that potential in each other early on. And Lance is still a football star, um, but he is retiring at the end of the season. He and Mia have a young family, and Robin and Harper are expecting their first child on New Year's Eve after years of infertility, and it sounds like repeated miscarriages. So they have had a tough journey to starting a family. And now it seems like everything is going great, but Harper has one big issue. His agent can't sell his new book. Because it's too long, I guess, and people just read Twitter now. And so he (laughs) needs to write a book that's more like Twitter is sort of my takeaway. It's so 2013 and that they're like, the new hot social media platform is Twitter. And it's, you could only use 140 characters at that (laughs) time. And you're like, wow, so much has changed. Yeah. You can write longer books now because tweets have gotten longer. They extended it to 4,000 characters. Yeah. Oh, well, God. this is just Elon. came out like he's going to extend thank it. Thank you, Elon. Long, so. Yeah. Well, thank you, Elon. Jesus. <laughs> That's what I've been <laughs> hoping for. <laughs> Make more tweets, paragraphs. Um, so <laughs> so he's ha- he hasn't had a hit since his first book, and he was just laid off by NYU. He's in a pickle. He hasn't told his very pregnant wife who he is trying to urge to get on bed rest at the same yeah. time. So they're they're like in a real financial pickle and she does not know, which seems like a promising setup. Right. And his agent has an idea, which is you need to recreate the magic of that novel that everyone loved by partnering with your best friend Lance to write his autobiography for him. Because that's yeah, what everyone like, is looking for. If you had a favorite, this, like hot young author novelist. who wrote an incredible, sexy novel, would you be like, what I really want from them is an autobiography of, uh, or like a biography of an aging football star talking about the Lord? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, he probably would make money. I mean, Lance is like the Tom Brady of the fictional NFL in this. Yeah, movie. I'm like, how old is this guy? Like, he's, I'm worried about traumatic brain injuries for Lance. He's been playing football for a very long time. 15 years is a good year playing running back, too. They had him at yeah. running back. I was like, yeah, oh, running okay. back is like a, a tough position. You take a lot of hits. There might be one running back still in the league from 15 plus years. Yeah, I, 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 don't think, I think yeah. this is stretching credulity a little bit but oh yeah yeah <laughs> but this sure. also this movie was made i think before the whole football gives everyone That's brain injuries true. like rhetoric took off like there's no skepticism about playing football into your 40s and taking a lot of horrible hits <laughs> playing running back and in, in general you take more hits than anyone so it's just not a very like longevity <laughs> right i think that's a stretch 15 years it goes back to like Emmett Smith, maybe. <laughs> That's just a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. It's like, it feels like a very old fashioned vision of football. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and Lance is sort of this like larger than life figure. He's almost sort of like hovering above the game. Like he's yeah. perfect integrity and like upright community man, the perfect football player with the perfect career. 
And Harper's agent is like, exploit your friend for capital gain. This is America. Which is like a great idea, except that Harper already exploited his friend for capital gain and their relationship has never recovered. So this seems like a bad way to get things going again between them. Right. But Harper doesn't have a better idea. So he starts working on a book proposal about Lance. And because of this, he finally accepts Mia's repeated invitations to come to Lance and Mia's over the holidays. Which is actually a kind of bizarre, like, I feel like you usually don't spend the holidays with your friends that you haven't been close to in 15 years. Okay. Actually, I, I do. You do? I do. Yeah. Um, like, my friends from when I, like, grew up, um, it's so weird. We only connect on the holidays. It's, <laughs> it's so weird. We still do, like, we just do Christmas Eve party with each other. Oh, I love that. And we still do. We still sing the same songs. <laughs> And we do like a white elephant. It's it's really fun. That's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of yeah. love this idea that they're just like going to have this Christmas extravaganza that is like perfectly planned yeah. by like the richest people you can imagine. Yeah. I yeah. would say I would yes. Like if, my, like if Greg and Justin decided to do this, <laughs> I would be so on board. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I It seems sort of almost like wish fulfillment to me in this way. That's like, it sounds amazing to be with all of your favorite friends on Christmas, but the holidays are a time when so many people have these different obligations and traditions that it's like hard to imagine usually making it happen. And Mia's just like, it's happening. Like all my favorite people, they're all going to be here. And you also get the like we live the best years of our lives that, together. Like, Mia is the one who has the power to bring people together no matter what. Like sh- her will will <laughs> overcome everything. Yeah. Let's let's go to the mansion. Mia welcomes them all uh, there for the holidays. They meet their immaculately dressed children. The house is perfectly tastefully decorated this house is like four the halls are trimmed <laughs> yeah it's huge it's huge it really is it's like a compound it's 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 like a an estate and i i would hope you'll be able to have that after playing being a star running back for 15 years like at the very mm-hmm. least mm-hmm. and it seems like harper's truly just hasn't been to this home or like seen any of them for 15 years because his energy is very off and so is lance's with him like their first interaction is like harper is forcefully fake laughing and telling the kids to call him uncle harp and lance comes in and just like immediately like shreds the flesh from his bones with a few well-timed like barbs and it's like have these people i know their relationship hasn't recovered but it seems like they just literally haven't talked in 15 years it's bad I would when I I would do the same thing, honestly. It'd be tough for me to get over that. There's no way I'm just gonna like be easy. If I'm gonna like move on with this relationship and be committed in this marriage, I would be like, hey, the one of the one of the things has got he's gotta go. <laughs> so you would just like cut out be like in order for our relationship yeah. to thrive, like we have to just cut out this friend because he symbolizes too yeah. much. Exactly. Exactly. I would just yeah. think, constantly think of what happened and it would just throw me off and be not good yeah. for the family you gotta you gotta pick one pick yeah. one to be the scapegoat they're gone exactly. he's gonna we're gonna give we're gonna put it on him that's what yeah <laughs> exactly and that's kind of what harper offered to lance at the wedding he was like you can hate me forever but not mia like you should forgive mia and yeah. lance ended up going along with that 
It's crazy to think that their relationship has stayed in this, like, stasis for so long where they're still friends and yet so uncomfortable with each other. But they also do have this shared friend group that clearly keeps them I was going to say, I think there's, like, a truth to that. Like, people that you Mm -hmm. maintain these loose connections to because you had this historical closeness and maybe you don't see each other on an individual level, but when the friend group gets together, you're both included. And so you are just like intermittently forced together. Absolutely. I actually have a friends group um, (laughs) with my ex. So uh, (laughs) a game night crew and, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. We just have the same friends. So every every time we have our friends giving and uh, our murder mystery that comes with it, uh, oh, hey, how you doing? <laughs> and you gotta like be friendly and whatnot. So it's it's actually really crazy that that you know it's definitely possible, but you have no no choice no choice because of the friends group. Exactly. Yeah, I've been there, man. It's it's awkward. And the friends start to arrive. Fortunately, they're like the first ones there with their awkwardness. But then we see Julian and Candace show up. Quentin shows up. Shelby shows up. I didn't realize that she was friends with anyone in the group. I sort of thought she was just Julian's horrible girlfriend everyone hated, but it turns out she is part of the group. Jordan also shows up with her hot new boyfriend, Brian McDonald, played by Eddie Cibrian. <laughs> and it's it's clear that Robin and Jordan have never become friendly either. Um, Robin always we'll just think of Jordan as the person that tried to get Harper to cheat on her and who he sort of idealized. But Jordan fortunately smoothed things over right away by commenting on Robin's enormous pregnant belly and being like, that's going to be a big baby. And then laughing for a really long time. Yeah. This is not a great thing to say to pregnant women. Just really, they don't love it (laughs) when you're just like, you look large. Ma'am, <laughs> it's surpri- it was surprising to me how many people would say that to me when I was really pregnant. It's like, wow, that's going to be a big baby. Like that baby is ready to come out. And I was like, hi, I'm seven months pregnant. Thanks for you're like, I still have, <laughs> thanks still for your have months to go. Great. Months of growing to do. Um, and the house is full of tension, but also secrets. And it's not just Harper who has taken an approach to writing this book that is like not telling Lance he's doing it. And in fact, telling Lance he doesn't want to do a book with him, but constantly asking him questions about his career and then writing down Lance's answers in a little notebook so that he can secretly use it to write a secret book. Harper is the worst sneak ever. Also, like, how does he think that's going to work out for him? Lance is going to find out about the book when it's published. Or when he eventually has to ask for his cooperation. He's like... He's the kind of guy that's like, I'll figure it out later. That's what he did with his first book. He's like, I'm going to write it. Yeah. I'll, f- I'll smooth it over. But he has no plan. And it's not going to go well. I think he's banking on trying to be um, away from it and not like in the same setting or in the kind <laughs> of avoid confrontation in person. Uh, it's just like, oh, if it happens, like, well, I live over here. He's not going to be able to reach me. So uh, I could see him trying to do that. <laughs> Yeah, he's conflict-averse, and it just leads him into worse conflict. Julian has his own secret, which is that one of the biggest donors for his successful, it seems to be like a charter Mm -hmm. school that he is now the head of, has dropped out of his annual donation because he saw an old video that appears to show Julian's wife and now head of admissions, Candace, 
accepting money for sex at a party. Okay, I have a few questions about this. One, this is a very old man. How did he find this YouTube video that has like 150 views? I think it has more views, we learn. It has a lot of views. But it's also like, why does it have so many views? Nothing is like really happening in the video. I just don't think, except like, like that's partying. not how YouTube works. Unless someone found this and then sent an email blast, this like 75-year-old yeah. man did not just like stumble upon this video and say, Maybe oh, he likes Candace. to watch vintage party videos <laughs> on sketchy streaming sites. <laughs> and he's like, wait, that looks familiar. <laughs> No, it's well, weird because, like, I, clearly they didn't want it to be, like, a, a like an actual sex tape because that would be even more raunchy and disturbing than than this. But, um, but it is unclear why that would still be circulating because nothing of real interest happens in it unless you want to know whether this specific person ever accepted sex for money because, <laughs> like, nothing really happens in it except her taking the money and then, like, closing the door while the guy takes down his pants. It's not, like, exciting to watch. Um, but Julian hasn't told Candace about this video or that it is why a donor has dropped Instead, out. Instead, he's like, I know what I'll do. I'm going to show every man in this house, including Eddie Cibrian, who I just met, this video. And I'm going to be like, guys, what do I do about my wife who was a sex worker? Is this the right move, do we think, to, before talking to your wife, talk to every guy in the <laughs> vicinity about it and show them the video? I know we I mean want our friends' support. Yeah, I'm, I mean, without talking to her first is nuts, but um, I can understand talking to your friends, just not all of them, but like at least one person, right. um, just get a little bit of advice. I mean, at the end of the day, like you're married to her, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, that's, that's incredible. <laughs> you I, just like gather around, a, bros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's all yeah. watch this yeah. video. <laughs> Julian's big problem has always been that he doesn't know how to keep a secret except from his partners because he's scared of women and he doesn't know how to deal with them. And with men, he just tells them everything immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, everything would be solved if he just told it. That is actually a yeah. theme of this movie is like the majority of these people's problems would be solved through just a good old conversation. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's uh, afraid of uh, confrontation for sure. Yeah, yeah. The theme of this movie is secret secrets are no fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so the guys try to be really helpful through offering um, empathetic and wise insights. Like, if Shelby is better than Candace at giving head, then she definitely has never been a sex worker. And Julian's like, what? That's, why are we talking about this? Shelby is better at it. <laughs> Um, such, such a helpful group of friends. Meanwhile, Harper, in the midst of all this, is continuing to try to grill Lance about, you know, who he is for He's this like, book. He's like, let's just, by... let's just throw out a very normal <laughs> just... human question that you usually ask your friends, which is, if you could distill your core values down to three buzzwords, what would yours be? No one blanches. And... Lance knows. Yeah, they're his. like, yeah, this is a fun party. Yeah, game. they're like, great. We were talking about sex work. Let's talk about our core values. And Lance's are God, family, and football in that order. 
That's a book title right there. <laughs> Harper is just salivating. Yeah, seeing a lot in, uh, in in houses of my teammates. Everyone has that quote. <laughs> it's usually faith, family, football. That's kind of. <laughs> That's but, a, yeah. Do you think they changed it to God just to make it sound a little bit less like a pre-made like motto? Yeah, yeah, I can, I can imagine. I can, yeah, definitely. Right, that. you're like, I don't know, man. There's alliteration there for a reason. They're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, it sounds better. It sounds better. <laughs> On that note, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back to finish recapping The Best Man Holiday. Can you keep up? I like love it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful and so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love Article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables from Article. That lovely chair out on my deck. Article. Our big console. Article. I'm My bed frame. Article. This is an Article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first Article piece of furniture recently our new couch and 
my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And we are back. And Harper is continuing to try and male bond his way into a book deal by ambushing Lance for a jog. Unfortunately, Harper does not have the jogging stamina that Lance does. This is one of my favorite (laughs) scenes because Harper is just like, I mean, it's it's Tay He has like a perfect body and he can only jog for like 15 (laughs) seconds. And then he like almost has a medical incident (laughs) and it's just not convincing to me. Even if he's not doing that much cardio, like you can't get that body like, without seen your pushing abs, your body Tay a little Diggs, bit. We know. Okay. It's ridiculous. He's not like a nebbishy type. <laughs> but they talk, it's they seem to make progress. Like slowly but surely, Lance is softening a little bit toward Harper. Meanwhile, the other conflicts are going the other direction. They are getting worse. Uh Robin try is is helping out she's catering dinner last minute and jordan again tries to make nice with her she's like we're good like i like you like let's let's get along and in the process of this very awkward attempt to befriend robin she instead reveals to robin that harper shared his last book with her and robin realizes that he is like confiding in jordan in this intimate way Meanwhile, Quentin and Shelby are screaming at each other because Quentin is trying to stop Shelby from, like, fat-shaming her daughter for eating candy. And again, Quentin, unsung hero, and Shelby gets his phone by accident after the fight, concludes, and sees the video. Because, of course, Quentin just, like, has the video up. up. Quentin's just watching this video (laughs) all the time. (laughs) Quentin is... The goat. <laughs> <laughs> he is stirring shit even by accident. Like, he just can't help yeah. himself. He's just walking around with, like, a damning video, like, queued up on his phone, like, at his lock screen, like, just in case. And Shelby, of course. Shelby Shelby has, she's just unhinged. So, like, yes. the worst possible scenario to happen has just happened. Exactly. She is Yeah, she likely, has this ammunition yeah, now. Most likely to weaponize this uh, because she... Feels some some type of way about the fact that she was unceremoniously dumped by Julian for candy. So she she first like goes to Julian and is like, I know the truth about Candace. 
Um, But that doesn't escalate much until later. Meanwhile, over dinner, Mia and Jordan and Robin, like, try to announce that Harper is working on Lance's book because they have all found out through the Lady Grapevine. Jordan is trying to help Harper do make this book happen and so is robin they let mia know about it she thinks it's a great idea they try to announce it and harper's like no like lance doesn't know about this please stop and instead he reveals to the group that his last book was a big old flop and then it's time for the talent show again this movie is just constant twists and turns like just when you're settling into some sort of big plot twist they're just like and now they're all gonna put on sequins and lip sync to a new edition song as you do i mean perfect perfect holiday i mean (laughs) it's perfect and their dance moves i mean like they had those committed to muscle memory clearly um it's it's a full length rendition of can you stand the rain from the the four dudes and after after this the couples all get down and after they have sex harper and robin have a big fight and he reveals that he got laid off by nyu these people are just up all night like they're up all night having sex fighting still later that night harper finds claire yeah (laughs) i think this is actually why things really go faster with Mia toward the end is because she's basically up all night doing stuff. And it's like, you really need to rest. Oh my God. We're going to yeah. have to have a conversation about the progression of Mia's illness because I have some questions. Ugh. Yeah. She's running herself into the ground. She's hosting this big event, trying to put on a good face. No one knows the truth, which as Harper finds out that night, is that she has cancer. He finds her coughing blood into a tissue. He had previously noticed she seemed thin. She seemed tired. And she tells him that she's known for a year. She's tried everything, every kind of treatment, but it's very aggressive. And there's nothing else to try. Um, She says they haven't really told anyone except uh, Lansamia's parents and that even the kids don't really know that she's going to die. And it seems like Lance isn't really willing to grapple with this truth. Like, he's sort of living in a state of delusion. And Mia, up until this point, seems to be living her life in a way that, like, minimizes evidence to everyone around her of the fact that she is suffering. Like, you know, she's wearing a very, like, well-styled wig all the time. She's, like, still dressing up. Like, she's not on bed rest. She's she's concealing from all of her friends and even from her own family kind of the extent to which her cancer has progressed. And I I love this part of the, you know, I yeah, obviously I don't love it, but um just like her just trying to do everything just to get everyone together, like her last like mm-hmm. breath or last will is to just kind of mend everything for everyone and give them this last moment that she gets to spend with her family and friends. Like that's all she's always wanted. You know, the last 15 years, everyone has been not really together. She's been trying to reach out and let everyone know like, yeah, come see, come to the holiday. Like I'm not doing well. You know what I mean? But in a, in a way where she just won't bring the problem to the forefront, she just wants to make sure that everyone gets to spend time with each other. Yeah. I love that so much. I think that was probably one of the most special parts of the of the movie. Um, so you know, and she's a straight warrior. She's probably yeah. my favorite one in the in the whole movie, besides Q. But uh, yeah, <laughs> well, she she and Q are also counterparts in a way, which is that like 
she is also kind of a shit stir, but she's a shit stir for good. She's like, we've yeah. got to get, we've got to bring all these problems up to the surface mm-hmm. so that they can be resolved and so that we right. can be at peace with each other. Yeah. And like, she, she's willing to like very calmly and firmly like cause an issue so that that issue can be fixed. And that is why she's not, she's not just this like passive angel. She's no, she's strong. She's strong and, and she's involved and she is, she does act like a, a linchpin in the group. And I assume that this next chapter of the story is going to deal with kind of like that gaping hole for all of them because yeah, she's yeah. the one that didn't allow these relationships to die. And this was her final her final gift to everyone, as Harper later says, to bring them all together and, and mend their relationships. And Lance finds Harper and Mia in the kitchen. He sends Mia to bed. And then he tells Harper that it's God's turn. Mia's going to be fine. We're about to bear witness to a miracle. <sighs> so Lance is truly, he's having his year of magical thinking. He, he, he really doesn't expect Mia to die. And that's why Mia has basically told Harper you're going to need to be there for Lance because he's not ready for this like I am. And so the next morning, things come to a head with Candace and Julian, so to speak. Uh, she is trying to go down on her husband and she tells him, just lay back and let Candy take care of you. And Julian responds, is that what you used to tell your customers? Sir. The minute he said that line, Julian just like dropped to my my character power <laughs> ranking. I was like, "You're actually the worst one." <laughs> that is, except maybe Harper. You're so so close now. Imagine that is literally the worst thing that you could say. It's the worst way to bring this up. That is terrible. <laughs> like, how can you say that to your wife? Like, I I'm I can't wrap my head around the fact that she forgives him for this. Um, it's so demeaning. It's so un- uncalled for, and in such a vulnerable moment. I know. Again, so real, real mad at can- Julian for this one. Also, how dare you? Candace is perfect. Regina Hall is perfect. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I love her so much. <laughs> and sex work is work, Julian. Yeah. Like, get with the time. Catch up. So Candace enraged obviously, correctly, storms downstairs to get their daughters and leave. The kids, by the way, have just, there have been so many kids in this house just being tended to off screen. I was like, as a mom of a toddler, I'm like, I want that Christmas. (laughs) Like, who's taking care of my child while I have them? I am going to say that they are so wealthy that I just do believe they have, like, tiny little helper elves to do literally everything, including all of the child care. They have a a host of nannies. Um, so she storms downstairs to get the kids and leave. This is where she encounters Shelby, who taunts her about the video. And they finally give in to their long-repressed desire to slap the shit out of each other. And they get into a huge brawl in the middle of Lance and Mia's kitchen and foyer. And finally, Lance comes in and breaks up the fight. Everyone is horrified. Candace leaves with the kids. And then all the guys get in in the car to go to the stadium for, like, practice with Lance. And Quentin and Julian get into a slap fight in the backseat of the car because Quentin can't stop taunting Julian about how he should have known this would happen because he married a stripper or something. 
just like a cozy holiday weekend <laughs> where all of your friends he's, are trying to beat the shit out of each wrong. other. He's not wrong. I mean, like, he should have known that there could be possibility to something in this manner that like, you should be okay with it. Like, I don't know why you are so, like, you know, thrown from it. Like, this was a kind of the work she was in. She was in. Like, it's like you should you should be okay with it because you should know. Like, this yeah, is you you chose you bet you met her when she was dancing at a party, and I think it's great that he saw who she was as a person, yeah, right? Exactly, yeah. and embraced that, and now he's backing away. Yeah, he's like doing this weird like it's like he there there is so much anxiety in this group about like sort of they're all kind of struggling with like trans what does it mean to have transactional sex how do we feel about it and there's a lot of discomfort in this group around that um and and yeah it is interesting to see julian just like it's like he had made he was like good with what the sex work that he got to witness right like her being involved in but he didn't want to imagine that she had had any other kind of life outside of him. And like, that's not really reasonable when you meet a person in your adult life, like they're going to have had a history and yeah, she was a sex worker. She was working hard. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm a person where, you know, don't ask questions. You don't want the answers to kind of person. (laughs) So I, I, I reason with that, but it's just like, I mean, you gotta yeah. know. Yeah. The risk the risk of that approach is always is always that it will come out in the worst possible time at the, in the worst possible way. And so back at the house, Mia is hanging an ornament on the tree with the kids when she collapses. Again, maybe because she's been up all night and all day, all weekend. And Shelby and Jordan see her fall and they 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 rush to put her in bed. And she's sobbing and saying, it's not fair. What about my babies? Oh, my God. This is the point in the movie where I just started crying. Yeah. And I cry through the whole this, movie. Yeah. yeah. This scene is really... It's the combination of her talking so openly about a future without her children and where her children will exist without without her being there. And also just, like, seeing this friendship. Like, that's where you really start to understand how integral Shelby is also in this group. Because everything stops when they figure out that Mia is sick. Like, she is such an important figure to both of them. And, like, everyone just kind of comes together in this moment. Yeah. Jordan and Shelby are both really shaken. They're both people who are, like, focused on their careers. And Jordan is just, like, devoting herself to caretaking. Shelby is, like, calling her producers and being like, no, we can't film here. This is too important. And meanwhile, the guys have been at the stadium. Harper hears what happened. And he he tells Q and Julian that Mia is dying. And so now everyone knows. And uh, hopefully the kids are okay. It doesn't seem like anyone's super focused on the fact that they just saw their mom collapse. We're going to leave in that. In front of them. <laughs> We're going to leave that. This is about friends, Claire. This is about the Kids are, they're, they're solid. <laughs> Yeah, they're so resilient. Um, And so everyone is really shaken up and trying to process. And one of the things that happens is that Harper is comforting a sobbing Jordan and forehead kissing her and telling her that he loves her 
when his extremely pregnant wife walks in and, of course, is not super thrilled with this tableau. So now Harper and Robin are in a fight. But things are going better with Lance because late that night he finds Harper wrapping presents and they start like reminiscing about Lance's career and the fun they used to have together when Lance was young and and first uh, an NFL star. All really good material for the book, I'm going to say. And also their friendship is like getting back on track. And then it's Christmas Eve and the gang all heads out to volunteer at a soup kitchen. Um, Lance and Harper are buddying up just like old times until Lance heads out to warm up the car so they can go home. And he sees Jordan's Christmas gift to Harper, an iPad that she has loaded with a mock-up she had done of Harper's bio of Lance entitled God Family Football. Why are all of these devices just like (laughs) unlocked have the incriminating material like loaded up. I mean, come on, guys. Like they couldn't come up with a better, a more plausible way. It was just sitting there fully illuminated the whole day while they were at the soup kitchen. And also I love that that um Jordan is like, this is this is really how I'm gonna motivate you. Here's the book cover for the book that you have no material for. Yeah. And you haven't told anyone about. Merry Christmas. Yeah. I feel like everyone takes the wrong approach to encouraging Harper to write this book. Um, For example, encouraging him to just like write the book before he has fixed his friendship enough to just ask. I feel like Robin. Um, No, Robin is like, maybe you shouldn't. Robin is correct. Yeah. Yeah. Lance is livid. He goes and finds Harper. He smashes the iPad. He's like, you're a snake in the grass. Stay away from my family forever this time. We're done. Does anyone feel here like this was the absolutely correct reaction and he should never have forgiven Harper? Or is that just me? No, I I, I agree. (laughs) I agree. I I think he did the exact thing I would have done. Yeah. I can't I can't fathom because it wasn't the first offense. This is right. what happened with the first book. And it's like I mean it's now so exploitative. I'm to forgive you again. It's so yeah, it's so inappropriate. And then it just like it just it just shows that it feels like everything that they just did to get to where they're at now was all fake. Right. Because it looks like you were just only trying to write your book. And I feel like that probably played a lot of ties into why he got so much more angry. Like, like you can't just do that. You know, you're just out here hanging out, having conversation with me that is just mainly for your book. And I can tell that he probably felt that way about it. So, well, exactly. He's like, it's been so many years. Why hadn't he never tried to have these conversations until he was desperate to write this book? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think it's forgivable. It's true. And like his wife is dying of cancer. And meanwhile, his best friend is pulling this shit. It's, I think it's, it's unforgivable. Mm -hmm. Back at the house, Mia tries to calm Lance down and defend Harper. And for some reason, I, I think that Mia really thinks that, that Lance needs Harper because he's losing Mia. But like, what if Lance just got a different best friend who didn't keep fucking him over? I think that she's like, we're out of time to cast a new best friend. We're going back to Harper. I also think that she senses that Lance is less angry about like this violation and more just like 
has never been able to move past the initial offense and that he has sort of channeled his anger exclusively towards Harper and not at all towards Mia, which is essentially what she yeah. she says. That is what she believes. Yes. Yeah. She's like, you're so angry. Be angry at me. I knew it was wrong and it would hurt you. I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry I chose him. And I think that this is supposed to be the moment that like Lance sort of realizes that Mia was the one with more agency in the situation mm-hmm. that La- that Harper didn't kind of like Initiate make a move it. on yeah. her, um, but rather that Mia made a decision to do it with Harper. And so, but he can't be mad at Mia. Um, and so he needed to be mad at Harper. And so now Lance is in this tough position where he has to forgive both of them to make Mia happy. <laughs> and he really doesn't want to. Um, but she's like, I need you to forgive him. And then she says, Lance, look at me. And she takes her wig off. Oh my God. That is such a heartbreaking and powerful moment, especially for a character like Mia, who, as we've talked about, is so put together, puts so much Mm -hmm. like pride in every detail, has tried so hard to shield everyone from the reality she's facing. And to be confronted in her physical appearance by that that illness is like a very striking moment. Yeah. And it's all it's high melodrama. Oh, like yeah. this movie is so This movie is such high is melodrama. Full on like soap opera with a little more comedy injected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Oh, there's so many tears flowing in my living room at this point. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the house, Candy brings the kids by to see their dad and to tell him that she's going to resign, Julian, that she's going to resign. And he tries to convince her to stay. And she starts to cry and she tells him, you know, I needed the money. I, It happened once. I was young. I was stupid and drunk. But I've moved on. I am those girls' mother and I'm your wife. Come to me first. Which I think is like beyond reasonable. Yeah, this is she's doing more. Happen in the first, <laughs> right? <laughs> like I don't know. You could punish him a little bit more, Candace. a little bit more. She, well, she's feeling clearly a lot of shame yeah. that it happened yeah. at all. Which, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but um, but they she she offers him this. She's like, next time, just come to me first. And he says he's sorry. And and they reconcile. And he had to suffer for like a whole day. And I hope it was enough for him to learn his lesson. Meanwhile, Q and Harper are still at the soup kitchen. And Q is like, whoop, karma's a bitch. It's your turn to suffer. That's how it goes. <laughs> and Harper says, see, that's why I don't tell people shit. And Q is like, yeah, how's that working out for you? Your marriage is on the rocks. You tried to exploit your best friend for financial gain and you have low sperm count. We skip this, but they all think that Harper has low sperm count because he and Robin needed fertility treatments. And I think that Q is really, that that's Q dropping the thesis of the movie. Like this is the big, the big message. Yes. Yeah, you need you Harper need to has tell learned nothing. you need to tell more people more <laughs> shit is the message of this movie. Yeah. You need to be honest. Yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. And 
Q is like, you need something. We're worried about you, man. Do you need money? And Harper nods through tears. And, and Q says, I got Q you. Q has been like sensing this. The goat. I, yeah. Q is the goat. I'm telling Q you. Q will be there when you need him most. And in The Best Man, he's the one who saves Harper from being like literally thrown off of a balcony. Yeah. Q's moral compass is just incredible. I feel like he always knows what's going on. It's almost most like he's just waiting for everyone to just acknowledge that or ask or, you know, communicate with either him or whoever the they need to communicate with. He's just like, it's really that simple. And um, I think it's that was that was awesome. That was like one of my favorite parts yeah. for him to just come out here and be like, hey, man, we got your back. We're all friends here. You don't need to be afraid to ask for help. And we're all in this together. Yeah. Q is really, I mean, you're right. He also is the one who saves Harper in the first movie after Harper was just a condescending dick to him the whole movie. Right. Um, but this movie really softens him. Like we see that he's great with kids. We see that he and Mia share this special bond and and that they're able to connect over the fact that he lost his mom to cancer when he was young. And um, so we see that like, even though he is, he has flawed relationships with women romantically, but as a friend, he is very sensitive and perceptive and um, and has a lot of empathy. And so I guess at this point, they decide that that means it's okay for Harper to come back to the house, even though Lance was like, I never want to see you again. So they head on back and slip in. The girls are singing Oh Holy Night. Harper embraces Robin. We never really see them deal with the fact that she was upset about him and Jordan, except that he sort of hugs her during this scene. And she's like, all right, we're good. Mia stands and finishes Oh Holy Night with her daughters. It's, again, a lot of tears during this scene. We also get a little resolution to Jordan's romantic subplot. Her boyfriend, Brian, had left to spend the rest of the holiday with his family. And as they said goodbye, she sort of flippantly said that she didn't need him. And he's clearly hurt. He's like, everyone needs someone. I was like, I don't know. I think Jordan doesn't need you. She just wants you. Well, she doesn't. Well, that's what she could have said. But instead, she's just sort of like, huh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, she doesn't do the follow-up of like, I choose you. She's just like, yeah, I don't fucking need you. Okay, bye. Yeah. But also, I think this movie is about how everyone does need someone, right? Yes, like, even if yes. you're a powerful, independent career, like, successful career woman, you need people because people give you everything that success can't. And he wants to be one of those people for her. And But he's not answering her calls. She's filled with remorse. But just as she's leaving him a sad voicemail wishing him Merry Christmas, he responds in real life from behind he's there, her. He's back at the mansion. And they're back. This in could love. be the ending to just one a one plot line rom com, and they just kind of toss it in there. I know they have every possible rom com plot line. They're like, we're having like, <laughs> they're like, we're doing the rom drum with the cancer plot over there. We're doing like yeah. oh enemies gosh. to lovers with uh, Q and Shelby. We're doing like, yeah. like just yeah, with yeah. We've all got- the tropes. <laughs> I love as having as many as possible. And it doesn't feel rushed. I don't know why, but it didn't feel like all the storylines were rushed. Obviously, because of the first movie that came out, you kind of just knew. 
But everything else was kind of like, okay, well, I know where the path they're going. And it wasn't like, oh, we're going to throw this in there. They're going to, oh, now she's going to have cancer. It was kind of just like played out super, yeah. like perfectly and very balanced. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. The pacing is great. And I think that it's true that the first movie laid the foundation. And also it's just that they don't try too hard to dig into every plot a lot. They just kind of let you see it all unfold mm-hmm. in yeah. this natural way. Yeah. Like real life happens all at once. And mm-hmm. Yeah, they do a really good job with that. So now they're in love and it's Jordan's Christmas miracle. Mia is in bed. She overexerted herself and now she is in rapid decline. And Lance doesn't want to go play the big Christmas Day game because she is the only thing that matters. This is kind of the scene where he's realizing that she's going to die. And Mia tells him it's his will. And she tells him that she wants him to play. Lance leaves. He's on his way to the game, but he confronts Harper one more time because Harper's just hanging around still. I, He's just like, are you free of me yet? I don't know. And he's like, why didn't you just ask me to write the book? And Harper's like, yeah, I shouldn't have been dishonest. But I'm glad that I did that because we've talked more than we have in years. We used to be best friends. I think we both want that back. Like, it's not about the book. I just, I miss you. And it's like, Harper, why do you think that you had to be dishonest to make that happen, though? Right, like, like you could have... He hasn't learned. could have just talked to him, my guy. Harper's never going to learn. The Harper. final installment is going to be Harper doing the same <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to find out he's running, like, a Gossip Girl account about all oh of this. Oh, my God, that would be incredible. <laughs> like, yeah. No, Harper is, like, the king of, of gossip, like, subreddits now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and Lance is like, why should I believe you? And Harper says, because all I have is my word, literally. And it's like, yeah, but it's worth your pattern, nothing. your record is that your worth is worth nothing. Yeah, your word is worth nothing. Terrible. <laughs> the timing of your word is terrible. Exactly. Yeah. If you want your friend to believe that your word has value, you can't keep lying to him all the time. Right. Just, just one woman's opinion. So... Lance heads to the game. He suits up. He needs 176 yards to break the rushing record. But the first few, the, f- the first few drives do not go well. The first few plays, he keeps taking brutal hits. This is like a 42-year-old man. I was like, I know it, this is all staged, but I'm like worried. Oh, I know. I'm like, this man's going, he's gonna die also. Like, this is- I was like, protect Morris Chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> This poor guy. He's getting smashed in every play. Also, I think this is a problem. If you always run the ball, the defense is going to know how to work against that. We never see. We never see Lance not taking the ball. He's like, I got. They're going to catch on, and I just do it well. (laughs) I just commit. Yeah, try a passing play. Um. So. (laughs) So he. Immediately starts freaking out on the sideline. He's smashing cameras. He's flipping Gatorade tables. And Mia's watching, and she knows what needs to happen. She calls Harper. He gets the phone to Lance, because all the guys are on the sidelines watching. And after he talks to Mia, he has a new resolve. He tells the coach, give me the ball. And the coach is like, no, sit down. You're done. He's like, give me the ball. I'm the coach now. 
And on the next play, he rushes 65 yards for a touchdown. Suddenly, Lance cannot be stopped. He's juking around and over every tackle on the field. Yeah, he is just like like, jumping like six (laughs) feet in the air, like over men's heads. Like he is determined. And everyone is is jubilant. They won the game. And back at home, everyone's watching, overjoyed. Mia got her Christmas wish. And as they're watching, Jordan tells Mia that she's worried that she's like basically too much of a workaholic to be there for Mia's kids. And Mia's like, you're their godmother for a reason, but you need to be open to love. Also, Lance can remarry, but not to that one bitch I hate. I I love that line so much. I like when Mia gets a little petty. It's great. I feel and I like understand that energy. You're like I do want the best after I'm not here for my spouse. At the same yeah. time, fuck that lady. Oh, I would I would feel that <laughs> yeah, way too. Yeah, absolutely. Like you're like dialogue from a lot of these characters here and you're just like that is 1000% what I can see them saying in real life (laughs) (laughs) yeah it feels so real the tires of Lance's SUV shriek into the driveway he bursts out and sprints inside he finds Mia in bed with all the kids and after they leave he goes to Mia and she says you did it my hero they have this this beautiful This, it's like, this is exactly what Mia wanted. She got the the whole family Christmas and then Lance's triumphant last game. And and now they're, they're kind of ready for what's she next. She can kind of let go. And we cut immediately to December 28th and it's her funeral. So yeah, that happened. It fast. happened. I'm going to say that's not you. The decline is usually a little more gradual than what we saw over the course of like three days but you know i get it this movie's on a timeline yeah she could have been just like extremely willing her strength to you know um just to be there yeah i definitely buy that like that is definitely a thing like that last that like burst that feeling of like i'm going to make it for for this event Um, exactly Yeah. yeah yeah Yeah. Um, and so everyone is is heading to her funeral. Uh, Shelby gives Julian an envelope with the donation he needs for his school um, with one condition, playdates for their daughters. Then she apologizes to Candace. Everyone's making amends. <clears throat> At the funeral, um, Quentin with uh, the pianist and uh, singer are performing I'll Be Loving You Always, kind of a motif oh. in the franchise. And Harper gives the eulogy. He says, because of her, we are friends for life. Because of her, we're family. Mia was and is an angel. And as Quentin cries alone in a pew, Shelby's daughter goes over and wipes his tears. This made me really cry it's the sweetest moment and i have such a soft spot for q he's just a great character (laughs) at the cemetery lance breaks down at the gravesite and harper holds him as he collapses just as mia hoped he he would after the funeral then quentin and shelby promptly end up in bed together again Um, look grief as you do after yeah grief makes you do crazy things you know yeah 
<laughs> a lot of emotions. And then just when you think the movie is over, Robin's water breaks. There's another plot line, guys. <laughs> and Lance <clears throat> is an OBGYN, is what we learned. He is. <laughs> he has been made an OBGYN through fatherhood and faith and having a doctor on speed dial. So they're 45 minutes plus traffic from the hospital. Contractions are 10 minutes apart. Lance gets out of the car. He's like, I'm going to deliver this baby. I know how to measure a cervix. I'm going to get Mia's obstetrician on speakerphone. We don't have time to get to the hospital. It's happening. And so they get the doctor on the phone. Lance is back there measuring her cervix with, I guess, his fingers. And, and giving like very precise on- measurements. He's like, I nine and a I half recognize like centimeters when when I see them. <laughs> like, I don't know, Lance. <laughs> I think they usually use tools for this. I don't know. Um, but he is he's in the zone, he's in the flow. It's like the, the big game. He's he's really in the headspace he needs to be in. The doctor hears that the baby is breech which is why they were going to have a scheduled C-section on December 31st. And he says, you need to get to the hospital as quickly as possible. But if not, the phone signal drops. They don't know what to and do Lance if they don't so get to the calm. hospital. I'm like, this is not a situation. Like, I don't know, man. He's like, whatever. It's fine. I We had a breech baby. I was in the vicinity. There. So, so he just has her it. push the baby out feet first. He's just like, go ahead and start pushing. Push that baby out feet this is first. A bad idea. It seems like, it seems like, I mean, you do what you have to do, but trained and experienced obstetricians usually do it through C-section or by turning the baby around. So it must be really not good for it to come out feet first. But you know what? Lance is working with the power of God and and his own fatherly experience and also Mia. by the time you get to the hospital Mia, that baby is out and mia is like the angel watching over all of them and so of course yeah the baby is named mia of course, of course. mia gwendolyn stewart they get to the hospital when the baby has arrived harper's like thank you and lance points to the sky because god delivered that baby <laughs> and also mia <laughs> god and mia work together i mean that is one of those things too like like with the progression of an illness and childbirth, where you're just like, that could never happen. But you know what? Impossible things do it happen. And every <laughs> every birth is different. So, sure. Ten months later, Harper gets a package. His first shipment of God Family Football. The publishing industry is really working quickly these it's days. It's <laughs> yeah, That sounds Fast, uh, fast delivery, yeah. fast right? Yeah, as well. On he, his, he his reported part. it, wrote it all, did multiple drafts, and it's been fully produced. There you go. Yeah, Ooh. he did all of that in like two months while he had a newborn at home. He's like, honestly, he's an inspiration. Wow. <laughs> Lance is there in the nursery holding Mia when the books arrive because they are besties again. And then the phone rings. It's Q. He's getting married, and he wants Harper to be his best man. Guys. Really? I, wouldn't you go with Lance or something? Really? <laughs> yeah, like, why is Harper getting all the best man love? Like, he's proven to be a terrible best man. He doesn't have a good track record. The only one with an actively bad best man track record. 
you guys are scaring me. I, I, I mean, I, I'm a best man coming up here in, 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 a, in, a, in a month, month or two. Are you? Uh, I think you know what you have to do, yeah. which is not yeah. have slept with the bride in secret yeah, yeah, many course. years and, ago. No, and not even just that. And then write a book about it. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, what have you learned about your best man responsibilities from this franchise? Oh, actually so much. Um, first of all, we're definitely not doing a, uh, a party, uh, a bachelor party like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably not going to do that. Um, well, we're going to New Orleans um, for the bachelor party. I'll probably do a little bit more golfing and just kind of yeah. stay away from uh, partying too. Much. We'll, we'll, we'll actually have we'll have a night or whatever. But uh, but I also learned obviously yeah not to write a book. I'm probably not. Gonna <laughs> write a book. Don't write a tell all. You know what's really funny? Um, my best friend plays for the Philadelphia Eagles, so it's like it's pretty spot on. <laughs> And he's uh, so he's, he is the Lance. He is Lance, literally. <laughs> like it's, grew up together. We've been best friends since forever. Oh, that's sweet. How do you think he would feel if you secretly wrote a book about him by asking him probing questions at dinner parties? Oh, I would never hide that from him. I don't think we hide anything from each other. So, so you, that's you've good. learned a lot you've of already, a, you've learned yeah, important a lot lessons. of lessons that Harper <laughs> never, never did, which is. You got to talk to your friends. That's that's how friendships yeah. are formed. I'm not even going to lie to you. It, it wasn't until, oh, I talked to him. But, like, it wasn't until I went on the show when I started to become, like, the super emotional, like, talker and communicator. I'm like, hey, yeah, guys, just make sure you just tell me everything how you're feeling. It's good to get it out. <laughs> Wait, I love that. Why do, you, why, do you, why do you think it is? Do you feel like going on TV, like, it just sort of primed you to yeah. be comfortable? Well, I mean, like. You just never, they're always asking me like, oh, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? And a lot of times no one ever asks men how they're doing, like how you're feeling about this or that. Mm-hmm. And that's why me and like all my, my friends from the show are so close is because we talked about things that no one else would have ever known. known. Yeah. Yeah. The show is really like a very, um, like a very unsafe space for it perhaps, but a crash course and like almost therapy style communication for a lot of men, especially I think who haven't been in that kind of setting, which is kind of cool to watch on paradise, especially how those relationships kind of blossom. Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. it's interesting. I I would imagine that like just having a space where you're encouraged and given permission to do a thing, like if you weren't kind of brought up socialized to feel super comfortable doing it, it's like just a permission structure and that, could be really helpful. Yeah. And then we found like ways to disguise trying to talk about um, just communicating with each other. Like you guys, you know, see us like playing in the pool in paradise. And we're like, oh, playing. So we'd like play. And the next thing you know, he's like, we're holding the ball. We're like, hey, how do you feel about this? And like, so we're actually like, talking about our relationships while playing the game. But, you know, obviously we're not mic'd in the pool. So yeah. we're not going to use any of that. Because <laughs> I remember in the first season, like they always used to go in the ocean. And then producers yeah. were yeah. like, can't go in the yeah. ocean all day. <laughs> um, and then I do it back at home now as well. We play video games and we have like these headsets. So we're having conversations on the headsets while we're playing video games. And <laughs> it's just really good to communicate that way. It's easier. It's, you know, less stressful. And it's kind of like fun at the same time. It's so funny. Yeah. We were just talking about this during our Uh, We recorded a podcast about when Harry met Sally and Claire and I were talking about how in that movie, Billy Crystal and his friend are 
having all their emotional conversations while they're watching football. And yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's when we go to the bar. Oh, we're going to have a drink at the bar. It's, it's watch football. That's exactly how it happens. It's like a distraction. You don't feel like you're just sitting down. It's like, okay, this is what happened to me today. Like, that's yeah. like, we can't do that. We feel awkward. We feel uncomfortable. So yeah. um, when we're doing something, it makes it feel safe for us. <laughs> Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense to me. I I always wonder where who, like how much eye contact to make when I'm having dinner with a friend and what if yeah. we're just watching football. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's and it's it's nice to think, you know, what if what if Harper and Lance had just gone on paradise? Like maybe this maybe this would have been could've so avoided different for it. them. Could have avoided so much. Well, in paradise, I mean a lot of uh, a lot of us, you know, may have hooked up with you know, one of their friends. <laughs> exactly. I think they could deal, they could learn to deal with this. Maybe they were in paradise. I don't know. And it's just like a whole different. <laughs> Maybe they were the original paradise. College is yeah. sort of just paradise to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. It is, yeah. yeah. You're all living together and all hooking up. And on, on that note, we're going to take one last quick break and be right back to give some final thoughts on some of the big themes of this movie. Can you keep up? I like love I am so glad that it's finally warming up and it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep and luckily I can do something about that with Factor especially because they have so many meal options like protein plus keto, vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. 
And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash L-T-S-I. And we're back. Um, oh, so much in this movie. We've discussed so much already. Um, maybe just some top line thoughts. First off, we've talked about how much you love Quentin, Andrew. Uh, which which couples are your favorite out of out of our final? It's like five couples. Um. I will, I was, I would go with, um, you know, probably Mia and Lance were my favorite, uh, cause I can resonate so much cause of the athlete aspect. Mm. I think it's, you know, really cool with that. And just like the kind of woman Mia is in the end is super selfless. And, uh, honestly, and, and that their storyline is the most complete I feel. And mm. just, it crushed me at the end because I'm, I, I was watching a show from scratch not too long ago as well. And um, I think there's like my greatest fear is that I think losing my significant other and is probably the worst thing that could possibly happen. So in those things, you're always thinking about how you would feel in that situation. And I feel like just watching Lance, um, you know, go through all the things he's going through. He's trying to play a game. Also, he's losing the love of his life. It's like, that's the, those are the things I look for in rom-coms. Like, how can I, you know, relate to those moments? And I was like, man, if I ever had this, I, I'd have no idea how I would be. Like, I would be a, an emotional wreck. I'd be terrible. So um, that's why I'm like, I'm like, they're my favorite. You know, obviously you can see the love and just kind of how, you know, he cries about, cries over her. I was just like, man, like, yeah. that's, I would be so much worse. <laughs> you know <laughs> But um, one of my favorite, uh, I think I, you know, grown to like Q and Shelby at the end. I think they're a little fun banter. Uh, we all knew it was coming, but you know that it happened is probably the best. Um, but yeah, pretty much those two. I think yeah. everyone else is. Oh, I like that you picked kind of like the two ends of the spectrum, like the completely yeah. toxic, absurd couple, and then like the I, I'd say like Mia and Lance are sort of they are both like ideals within the group yeah, and saying. and within. Yeah what we think of in like terms of straight relationships and they each like epitomize these, these like qualities that I feel like are really like valorized. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They're like the ideal masculine man, the ideal feminine woman, they embody yeah. those roles. And you also see like the sacrifices that they make to kind of preserve those yeah. and like how hard it is for them to embody everything that they feel they need to embody. Um, but they are, they're so lovable. I'm also curious, because um, one of the other, I think, like, big themes of this this movie is 
friendship, of course, and like specifically male friendship, um, which is a cool thing to see. Like I think that often male friendship in a really earnest way isn't explored as much. We're less comfortable talking about it. And so I'm curious, Andrew, like how it felt to you watching this movie and seeing those male friendships, whether there were pieces of those relationships that felt real or that you related to. Um, yeah, uh, I think the friendships are the most realistic part about this. And, you know, it's what we always talk about and how I feel in real life. Uh, and then also just like what we want of our friendship is to be able to be around our wives as well, or or, or, our, our significant others around each other. So couple friendships is the exact same thing. Cause we always talk about couples retreat, like me and my friends were like, Man, just imagine once we all have our person and we're just like somewhere on vacation or like even Christmas. Like those are the things that we're having conversations about and like seeing it on like movies. You're just like, that's what we're all looking for. So not not only are we looking for the love, we're looking for like the relationships to build off of our friendships with our significant other. So it's uh, it's this is like the complete movie when it comes down to it. And they kind of talk like the same things we say, like the, the banner and like giving each other like shit. Like that's what I do with my friends. Like I feel like when I say I'm like you, I'm so like you. Like I notice <laughs> everyone and no one's safe. Um, it's just, that's just what happens. You know, if, it, if I get on a roll too on my friends, it can get really bad. <laughs> but but uh, You're like, yeah, I that's... will come for you. <laughs> and exactly. And it will for me as well. So it's like. It's all love. It, it's. It's all love. And, you know, I only make fun of those people that I, you know, know and love. Like, that's just kind of how the relationships I have built with. And you have to know someone to to roast them so specifically and effectively. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting that you bring up the couple's friendships because in The Best Man, it really is about those four guys. But in Best Man Holiday, it's about their whole, like, social group and all the compromises and, like, negotiation that has to happen Mm -hmm. for them to kind of live that dream. That's like, how do we all stay friends when we have exes now in the social circle, but also a new partner and they don't really get along, but we don't Mm want to just, like, splinter. And it's hard. It is, like, hard to, to live that dream of still seeing your best friends all the time and all of their partners and your partner are best friends. It takes work. Um, and that's what they're doing, like, through this whole movie. We also, like, see the women's friendships more exactly. in this movie. And, and, and that's what I want. You know what I mean? So if I can go hang out with my boys and she's got her <laughs> friends all in the same room, like, what? That's a win. That is, like, yeah. that is, like all you need. That's it. That's it's all you need. Really? You have, like, ten people. They have everything that you all need socially in that group. Exactly. That's perfect. You don't need to do anything else. You know, it's, it's, it's always those times where you have to go to those parties where you have to, like, sit right next to them all the time. And they can't move or do it. They don't know anyone. It's really uncomfortable, so you have to cater. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is, well, we'll leave in an hour. You know what I mean? And you yeah. really want to see friends. You haven't seen them in a while. But if her friends are there too, then it's like, all right, we'll see you. It really is like <laughs> such an idealized, like beautiful version of, yeah, this like friend group that just kind of works. And even like the Eddie Cibrian character, like he just kind of slots right yeah. in. And he's obviously, he's yeah. the only white guy in this bunch. Like he is the, very clearly the outsider. And yet, Right. It's yeah, it's like anyone that, that these that this group brings in, like even Shelby has a role to play and it works. Yeah. And and yeah, we see the ability of all of these people to still sort of maintain their 
individuality and their individual relationships and like everyone's partners are able to like do that for themselves and that's that is like what you that's the dream yeah and then how they maintain their history with each other like obviously a lot of bad has happened but they still remember the good and they're still looking forward to just rekindling i think that is like that is super special like, you know you can't you can't lose those memories from from old times you know and every day in life they're moving so fast and obviously mia was sick like this is just this is everything she wanted as well yeah. but also it's everything that they needed you know every i always say to my friends it's like you know um you need it like hanging out like don't go home and just go straight to bed or whatever. If you have time to go hang out with friends, like go do it. You need it more than you think. Like, it's not about like, Oh, well, you're going to get like drunk or do this. It's so it's just mentally like you need to just have that little bit of time. If you can only do it for an hour, do an hour. You know what I mean? Like so much, we just go home and we turn on Netflix or, you know, we just, that's what we're doing. Cause we're so exhausted, but um, I'm a big but firm believer in friendships. And I, I flew out here to New York early. I wasn't going to fly out until Saturday. And then Greg's like, hey, I got time. I'm being in New York. Can you come out? Flew out here. I was like, absolutely, dude. I'll, I'll see you there. Um, he couldn't spend much time. He had to go back. He's domesticated now. And he's <laughs> <laughs> so so me, me, and, me and Justin are talking. We're like, you know what? That's what we want. You know, we want the same thing. We want to be Greg and also Aww. like bring that. Yeah, it's actually really funny. We're talking about this because we were literally as a friend group. We were talking about one day just all getting together and be able to be with our, you know, significant others together. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that really is like just the ultimate dream. And I feel like especially for men, like statistically, women are more likely to be the ones in a relationship kind of maintaining the social network and for the ties to be stronger with their old friends and with their social network because of that. And so like for for men, I think that image of like maintaining that level of closeness and to have it be at the center of their social life throughout their lives, like I mean, it it's it's so important to like maintain those bonds, but it's not how society is always set up yeah. because women are just like taught that they're the ones to do the the social organizing and that men exactly don't. And I mean, you're you're entirely opposite. Like you're you're doing it all already. So Oh yeah, need yeah. it. <laughs> well, like my also my parents. Well, not my parents personally. I lived with like my friend who plays for the Eagles, so I call his parents my parents as well. So <laughs> <laughs> they would always have these these gatherings, like like every with like the neighbors, and then they were all like, you know, get together and they'd have drinks and they just cut loose in the house. I'm like, oh. That's gonna be us. When you we had a model of that kind of like strong social attachment yeah. to adulthood. Yeah. Just yeah, be like friends together, and it was so cool. They would do trips, they go to concerts together. Um, they all moved out of the neighborhood, and now they live in the same neighborhood in Florida. <laughs> together. Oh, that is so. That is the I dream. That. That's I'm always like. Yeah, I just so- want a bunch of my friends to all we'll all go in and buy like an apartment building together and then we'll all live uh-huh. there and then we'll all retire yeah. together like i love that so much before we wrap up i did want to ask do we think that mia like needed to die like was her death <laughs> necessary no because like this is like a this is a series mm-hmm. that has a lot of comedy in it and but obviously like the second movie takes this turn where it's like really 
fucking sad. Like, sad. Yeah. And this is obviously something that Malcolm Lee is asked about a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, what do you guys think? Was the death necessary? Cancer in general just puts life in perspective. Um, I think how it could have been where she got really bad, but then came out. I wouldn't mind that. Um, but, you know, that's, I think that's some, like what he was looking for is like to just really put it in perspective, all the little things that you think are, you know, important or, you know, that, that they're serious to you or you're mad about, it really doesn't really make any, it doesn't matter. It's not really that serious at the end of the day. Like, you know, everyone has a time mm-hmm. and it's going to come regardless. And instead of like wasting energy and time on being mad or being, you know, just dis- disliking someone for something they did years ago, like it's a waste of time. Um, and I think that Mia's story kind of just puts everything into perspective and it's like, let's not waste on those bad moments. Let's continue the good moments where we're, we love each other and we're around each other. We're there for each other. I think like that's what her situation kind of did. I think it would have done the same thing, just announcing that she has cancer and how bad it Mm -hmm. got. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the big, there needed to be something, right? To give it something. The death was more like, you're going to cry your ass (laughs) off. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's yeah. funny you say that because I think that like the tear jerkiness of this movie was exactly what Malcolm Lee was going for. Like he gave an interview yeah. to Essence actually last week because he's starting to do press for the Peacock show that's coming out on the 22nd. Mm-hmm. And he said, I wanted to really tell a story where black folks got to emote at the movie theater. We don't get a chance to do that very often. So I wanted it to happen. And it wasn't going to happen with any other character as much as it would with Mia. That was the most meaningful one, which is why I think it hurts so much. And I thought that was really interesting. And it made a lot of sense. Like when you, that that's what he was trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's. At the time, at the moment that I'm crying, I think that I'm not enjoying it and I wish that she were alive. But there's a reason that people seek out tearjerkers, right? Like that is part of the like fullness of human experience that we want to see in our entertainment and that we do enjoy on some level. And Mia is like such a classic example of the sort of perfect tragic death. Like she's so angelic. She's so beloved. She's never really hurt anyone except for Lance. Sorry, Lance, but like he deserved it. And so her loss feels so unjust and you feel this sort of pure grief Mm -hmm. over it that in a way feels very good. Like it feels good to just be so sad and to not have it complicated by any like anger at her or like, well, but she kind of sucked um, and there is like this grand tradition of of plot twists, like 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 Beth dying and Little Women, where it just gives you this pure moment of emotional catharsis to lose this like perfect beloved figure. It, no, I completely agree. I think she completely fits into that trope. And I usually like movies that like center on loss like this. I usually really hate. Like Stepmom was extremely scarring to me uh, <laughs> as a child, but. I think that this works so well because it is an ensemble piece and because we get these lighter touches and some of the other storylines and we get these moments of like romantic triumph still. So you're not like just, just like stewing in grief. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 this death in this movie, um, 
compared to like from scratch. I refuse. I guys... Andrew, I told you this over Instagram. Like I refuse to watch it. I know it's too I, much. I, I, was, I was not well for three days. I, I leaked, <laughs> leaked from the face for three days. Um, so yeah, I mean, same thing here. I was re- super sad, obviously like the, the building of the characters and you just kind of got to see like the fun side of it. And um, it kind of changes everything for you in that aspect. But, you know, definitely get the whole point where he was trying to reach with uh, with the tears and and you know these stories like i like i i know they're movies rom-coms where you want to call it but i just see little stories mm-hmm. of people in real life i think they're so real because they possibly can't they do happen and i always i remember i remember texting michael a after watching mm-hmm. from scratch and i just was I know your life's not a story. It's real life for you. And it's every single day. And, you know, I just watched from scratch and I'm just like, dude, like <laughs> I am absolutely mortified. And, you know, people want to say like, Oh, he's got a good story. We're over your story. Over story. It's not a story. <laughs> it's not a movie. It's, he has to wake up every single day and it's still, it's still playing. Like this is, this is still happening for him. He's got a son that still has to go through this every day. So it's like just thinking about how I, I got to go way too deep in rom-coms because I always think about how is the story going to reflect someone in real life or how is it going to happen? You know what I mean? I love the fun, like, you know, little ones as well because there's still a little bit things that correlate into real life. So, That's why you're actually um, the perfect rom-com watcher, a romantic movie watcher. <laughs> no, because that is, right? Like that's, why we're talking about these movies. That's the actually yeah. the power of novels, of movies, of TV shows is creating, is creating empathy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then it's just told in a way where you can't fit someone's life and actual, you can't watch someone's life. You know, that's, that's a lot of time, but the way to articulate it and jam pack it in someone and where you can feel something is, you know, that's like the best part of storytelling and, and rom-com. So, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I was thinking about uh, Michael um, during this rewatch as well. And I mean, the, having like not lost a partner, but having lost my mom like Quentin when I was very young, you know, when you watch something like this, it does to me always feel no matter how like soapy it is or melodramatic, you're like, that is what it felt like, you know, and like that is that those feelings do just like come right back up again when you watch them. And that's one of the things that's both really hard and why I don't always seek yeah. out these movies, but also one of the things that is in a way really satisfying about it is that you do feel sort of seen and you're like, yeah. people people can see what this is and I can I can feel it again. And, um, and this movie really was a journey in that way <laughs> for me as well, because yeah, no matter how, how melodramatic, that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen and that it doesn't feel, it feels very melodramatic when it's happening to you as well. That makes so much sense, Claire. (sighs) Um, I think that that is a beautiful place for us to wrap up. Um, Andrew, thank you so, so much for, for joining us. Um, before before we leave, do you have any final thoughts on what you want to see from the next installment of The Best Man, the, the final chapters? Um, no, I mean, obviously, you know, kids didn't get much airtime. So I think, you know, I think they need to focus a little bit more there. And let's see if they got any cool stories coming from that. Um, the next I, you generation. Know, I, hope, I love that. I hope Q gets uh, a little bit more 
of the storyline um, there as well. And I, well, actually, I just heard Terrence Howard re- retiring from acting. So um, I don't know if he's even going to be in it. He is. He is. <laughs> he is going to be in it. Maybe this is his swan song. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like almost all of them, they're like all coming back. Morris Chestnut, Melissa D'Souza, Tay Diggs, Regina Hall, Terrence Howard, Sana Lathan, uh, Nia Long, and Harold Perrineau all coming back. Like, that's incredible. That's a lot of schedules of very big stars to wrangle. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see. I hope that we do learn learn more about the kids. and, And I hope that we finally get to meet Quentin's mystery woman. I'm ready. And I still hope it's Shelby. Um, I hope it's Shelby. <laughs> Andrew, where can the people, the listeners, find you on on the socials? Um, I have the I'm on every single platform, even MySpace. No, I'm um, <laughs> Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, even Snapchat. I am at Andrew Z Spencer. Um, it's pretty simple. Nothing crazy. I just do rom-com reviews on my Instagram story. Uh, They're delightful. Twitter. Twitter's a lot of sports. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you get to see my full personality. And I feel like you got yeah, some good some good everyone. TikToks, too. Oh, wow. Forgot about TikTok. <laughs> yeah, TikTok as well. Uh, Andrew Z. Spencer, same thing. Oh, yeah. I, 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 TikTok's more and more personality. You get to see, like, my goofy side. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> well, we we highly endorse your rom-com reviews and and all of your social media sides. Love and it. we hope everyone uh seeks seeks you out if they're not already following you. Thank you so much for joining us. This was super fun. And that's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks to our wonderful guest, Andrew Spencer. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Tanika Weatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like our show, please follow us, rate us five stars, leave us a review, everything you would do to support a show that you enjoy. And of course, spread the word. Tell all your friends about Love to See It. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and TikTok at Love to See It Pod and on Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod. And you can find our newsletter, Rich Text, on Substack at claireandemma.substack.com. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. We'll be back next week to talk about the holiday. Can you keep up? I like love it. Stitcher. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday and French fries are a food group, where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season, where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door, where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details.
Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.